What is up, guys? Welcome back to the podcast. On today's episode, we're talking about Fallen Officer Stack Agent Billy Clardy III, who was shot and killed in the line of duty on December 6, 2019 in Huntsville, Alabama. So let's just start the podcast, shall we? Welcome to Just in the Pod. I am your host, Justin Prestige. This is Season 2 of the podcast. Thank you for tuning in for today's episode. I hope you all enjoy the show. Briefly, before we get into today's uh, episode, I want to thank everyone who's listened so far to Season 2 of the podcast. Um, As of last week, I believe it was last week when I announced it, I... I'm pretty sure I announced it last week. Anyways, we are on are on multiple platforms. Last week, I believe we were we were on TuneIn Radio was our newest one. But as of now, we are on Spotify as always. TuneIn Radio, and I'm glad and super excited to announce that we are now on Stitcher and Google Podcast. I want to say thank you for everyone who's listened to the podcast. We are now on multiple devices or are on multiple different platforms for you to listen. And uh, if it wasn't for you guys, it wouldn't be possible. So I want to say thank you to all you guys. Wherever you're listening to this podcast at, I do appreciate it. Um, If you haven't already, go and follow the Just in the Pod Facebook page. And uh, we'll talk more about that at the end of the episode. So stay tuned to the end. But let's get right into today's episode. Today we are talking about stack agent Billy Clardy III, who was shot and killed in the line of duty. He was only 48 years old. He served 14 years as a police officer for the Huntsville Police Department, and he was a police officer for nearly 20 years. He also was a military veteran who had served his country and uh, was a good, good person. He served his country and served his community. He leaves behind his wife, five children, two brothers, and his mother. Recent events since his passing, his son has now been accepted into the police academy for Albertville Police Department. And he's going to be following his father's footsteps, which is awesome. There's a lot of things that happened that day, December 6, 2019. A lot of things that a lot of people wish wouldn't have happened. And a lot of things that nobody could prevent. He was shot and killed during a narcotics buy bust um, sting. He was shot uh, where the bulletproof vest was not. Uh, he was wearing his bulletproof vest, but he was shot, and it went between his bulletproof vest, and uh, it was a sad, sad, sad day that day. He uh, was a pillar to the community. A lot of people knew him. He knew a lot of the people in the community, especially the ones among the homeless population. He kept up with them. He helped them out if they ever needed it. He even was one of the first police officers, or the first police officer, that uh, held our current mayor for his first police ride-along. So he got to share his experiences with the people that he knew in the community with our mayor and tell him all about things that needed to be changed, I imagine, through especially the homeless population. He was uh, a stack agent with the Huntsville Police Department, and a lot of people probably don't know what that is. Um, a stack agent for here is uh, our drug task force, pretty much. Um, they do. They specialize with uh, 
drugs and uh, DUIs and all kinds of stuff. And uh, they're the guys that are working at nighttime when we're all asleep, taking down the bad guys and raiding people's houses and uh, getting the drugs off our streets. I'm very, uh, very happy for them. I'm very glad that they're here. Um, Stack Team does a really good job and uh, deserve to have everybody's support and respect, in my opinion. I actually live down the street from the Stack office where they meet and gather. So I get to see them pass by multiple times a day normally. But, uh, you know, this, this all, I guess I should start from what happened leading up to this event. The person who I'm going to remain nameless, I'm not going to say the shooter's name. If you want to know, you can definitely go look it up on many news sites and whatnot. But um, they had made a purchase from this guy before, once before, and they were making another one. Uh, as I've recently learned that the buy that was the day of the shooting was supposed to be a buy for about 100 pounds of marijuana. They had made a purchase from the same person before for a smaller uh, a quantity of marijuana and they decided to you know go after him yet again um, and that's when uh, he was shot and killed he uh, was part of the four uh, the tack uh, the sack team that went in he had a bulletproof vest on and he had uh, markings to say he was police um, in recent events that uh, the shooter has is now going to trial um, as of now, uh, as what I've seen and read, that they are going for the, uh, they've charged him with capital murder. They're going for the death penalty. And uh, he, uh, the uh, shooter is claiming that he thought he was being robbed, and that's why he shot. So, I'll leave that as is. Um, so, yeah. But, you know, things things definitely changed that day. You saw a community come together for a person who had been killed. Uh, support for the community during a time that's very challenging for uh, police officers through the country. Um, and it was really a cool thing to see um, that everybody came together to show support for uh, this officer, uh, Officer Billy Clardy III, who had passed away, um, who was shot and killed. He actually, his father was also a Huntsville police officer who was also killed in the line of duty um, back in, I believe, the 70s. And uh, he was killed in a car accident um, during uh, on duty. So, and I believe his father was a officer for about three years. He was uh, pretty young into his service career. But, uh, you know, that's that's all right. He followed his father's footsteps and now his son follows his footsteps. So, going back to the beginning, um, December 6th, the way that I heard about it was, uh, uh, it was, I don't remember the exact times, but I think it was around like 4.30 or something, um, that things started happening or something, but don't quote me on the time, but anyways, uh, I got a phone call from my mother who was, uh, driving around the city doing something, and she was like, yo, what's going on? And I was like, I don't know. What do you mean? She's like, well, a bunch of cops are uh, blocking off some of the streets, and they're going crazy. There's cops everywhere. She goes, they're on the parkway. Now they're coming off the parkway. And she goes, I have no idea what's going on. And I was like, I don't know. Nothing's on the news. I have no idea. And it was probably 30 minutes to an hour later, something like that, that I had saw on the news that a uh, Huntsville police officer was shot. Um, and I told her, and, you know, of course, Everybody at that point was uh, just uh, starstruck. 
in a way. I'm just amazed and awe about what happened because it's something that normally doesn't happen around here. We're luckily that there's not too many officer involved shootings or killings here. Um, so we're very lucky for that, for where we live. Um, but he was transported to Huntsville Hospital where he later died uh, from his gunshots. And uh, it was um, a sight to see all the pictures and videos from the news agencies, how all the cops had gotten him there, you know, full ride escorts, you know, um, all the stuff to do what they could. And unfortunately, it just, you know, nothing could be done. Uh, they tried their best, I know, at Huntsville Hospital and, and everybody getting them there, getting them there with Hemsy. Um, they, you know, they all tried their very best. I know that for a fact. Um, but, uh, there's just a lot of things with this officer. He was, you know, I didn't, I wasn't fortunate enough to know him before he died. I never got to meet him. Um, not saying he hadn't passed by my house once or twice. I just never met him or whatnot, but he was a, a person. He had many awards with his name from his military service and all, uh, and uh, I think even some awards from the police department as well. Um, he also, since his passing, he was awarded the Purple Heart by the Huntsville Police Department, which is the second highest honor for the Huntsville Police Department to uh, for awards. So I think that was really cool that they did that. But on the day of December 6, 2019, which will never be the same here ever again, um, it was extremely, extremely sad uh, day for everyone who lived in the city of Huntsville. Uh, in my opinion, it was a very sad day. Um, he was uh, just a person that I wish I could have met because all the things I've heard makes me think like, like he was like an awesome guy, like the best guy you could have known uh, and stuff like that. But uh, unfortunately, I just never got to meet him. So, you know, things happen. But you never know. Anyways, uh, so the de December 6, 2019, uh, he was shot and the suspect was uh, caught uh, on a foot chase about one street over. He uh, was actually shot in a house on Levert Street. Funny story there is I know a guy who has passed away now uh, who owned a few pieces of property on that street that I was uh, supposed to be doing lawn service for. And I never did. And... Uh, I told the family of the person who owned the properties, I said, uh, after what happened today, yeah, don't ask me to do those properties because I'm not going on that street if I can help it because I said I knew that was a rough area. Didn't know it was that bad of an area, but I did get a couple warnings, you know, hey, stay away from that area unless you are doing, like, lawn service or whatever, you know. So I definitely now try to stick off that street and not even worry about those properties anymore. Um, but it was kind of weird because I knew the street that he was shot on because I had been looking to do some jobs over there on some properties to, uh, get them cleaned up and whatnot. And, uh, so I was like, wow, that's just crazy. You know, cause I was there probably a week before this whole incident happened, checking on a place. Uh, and, uh, it just, it's just mind blowing. It's shocking. It could happen to anybody at any time. Um, but you know, it's just, uh, incredible that, uh, it didn't happen to so many other people in that area. It's it's just mind-blowing because every time I go on that street, I'll see people and you know uh, that are 
I don't know, just regular people. I don't know them from anybody. And you just see them, you know, hanging out and whatnot. But the thing that always caught me was a lot of times they're sitting on people's porches and the houses are abandoned. So, you know, nobody's living in them. They're boarded up uh, sort of thing. So it's kind of like I always I always was kind of leery, always uh, had something in the back of my head like, hmm, yeah, I don't know what they're up to, but let me not find out, you know. And then I f- was talking to the person before he passed away. Uh, that own properties on there, and he was like, yeah, he goes, you gotta be cautious, he goes, there's always some people over there, and he goes, they're on people's porches, he goes, they don't even live over there half the times, and he goes, as long as you don't bother them, he goes, they normally don't bother you, so, you know, but, you know, everything does change, everything does happen, I mean, heck, this shooter, he wasn't even from Huntsville, he was actually from the Chattanooga, Tennessee area, so it's not like he was, you know, associated, like, every day on that street, like, people that actually live on that street are. So that that was something a little different because a lot of people now that area I guess is going to get a bad rap and is does get a bad rap. But I mean the shooter wasn't even from Huntsville, even though it is still a bad area that needs to hopefully be cleaned up and fixed up as much as possible. I mean get some of the uh, abandoned buildings either tear them down or get somebody to buy them and fix them up and make that area a nice little area. You know maybe even put in a, a memorial for officer. Uh, sack agent Billy Clardy the third. That would be something cool they could do at the end of the street or something, is put up a little memorial for him. Also, after he passed away, it was about two days later. There's a group that I volunteer with called Thin Line Support. They actually ha- uh, handled and uh, did a candlelight visual in his honor uh, at the police department here in Huntsville, and I got to be a part of that. I was super honored to be a part of it because uh, I didn't know what to expect. I've never been to a candlelight visual before, um, but I felt like I needed to go, not because I volunteer with this group, but just because I needed to go and show my support for him. Um, I actually didn't even think I was going to help too much with the whole setup, and I really didn't at all. I didn't help uh, too much. I just put up a few little things here and there, and if they needed help, I'd you know help them. Other than that, you know... Um, it was a great event. Now, the I think it was the next day after he was shot and killed. I think it was the seventh. Um, I actually went and got some tape and put some tape on my truck or on the truck that I drive uh, on the rails, and I put his name and his uh, uh, day he died and uh, whatnot on my truck. It was a piece of blue tape. On, I have like black sidebars so I put a piece of blue tape and I got some outdoor vinyl letters or sticker letters and I stuck them on there rest in peace and uh, whatnot and I wore th- or I also put on the next day I put on Christmas lights and uh, it got it grabbed the attention of one of the news agencies here in town and I was interviewed for uh, the news segment for the candlelight visual and uh, I was on there for a very short, brief time, a uh, few seconds, and uh, they just had noticed my truck and wanted to know why I decorated it. I've actually never decorated a vehicle for Christmas or anything, so a lot of people say, oh, you just did it, and then you had your Christmas stuff. It's not really true, because I don't think I would have decorated my truck for Christmas if it wasn't for something like that. When they filmed my truck, it had probably about 150 lights on the grill and back. Um, all said and done, probably two two or three weeks later it's probably about three weeks later because I kind of waited to the end I put another 
about 150 lights. There's almost about 300 lights or more on uh, my truck as soon as it was done um, and whatnot. And uh, if you want to see what my truck looked like for that, uh, I will be posting here, hopefully within the week, a YouTube video about this whole subject of uh, Billy Clardy III and how I decorated my truck and whatnot. And it will be on my YouTube channel, Justin Prestige. You can look that up on youtube.com forward slash Justin Prestige, or you might even be able to find it through uh, some other ways. Uh, if you are uh, following Justin the Pod on the Facebook page, I will post a link to there as soon as I upload it uh, on YouTube. So you can look at it. It will have my truck. I filmed it uh, and took some pictures of it. And uh, I will even insert the news clip of me being interviewed by uh, a news agency here in town. Uh, it was WAAF, or no, WAFF 48 News. Um, so it was really honored to be interviewed by them, but it wasn't for me or publicity. It was more for uh, the reason why I did what I did with my truck, the reason I decorated it. And uh, so if you want to hear or see more about that, you can either look up the news article or you can just uh, wait till the YouTube video comes out and go watch it there. But the um, the fundraiser or the uh, candlelight visual was awesome. Uh, we had I think it was over two hundred over two hundred people showed up uh, when I got there. You know, because the group, you know, when something like this happens, you don't get that much notice. You know, you just gotta go and do it. And uh, for it to be such short notice, there was a good amount of people that showed up. Because I when I arrived there, I got there early. I didn't know how many people were going to show up. I didn't know if it was going to be like 20, 30 at the most. And people were like, well, they're said to be, we're thinking around 200. And it was, I think I'm pretty sure it was a little over 200 people showed up from the community. Um, police officers, uh, the mayor who spoke there, um, the police chief who also spoke, and a few other people who spoke from uh, or on behalf of uh, Billy Clardy. Uh, some uh, people, I know there's one guy, I can't think of his name, who was from the Billy Graham um, group. And there was just a lot of cool people there. It was very interesting to meet them and just uh, celebrate and cherish the life of Billy Clardy III. And uh, it was an honor to be a part of that whole situation. Um, and I would have done nothing different. Uh, except maybe had a haircut, something like that, because uh, I didn't expect to be on the news, so I should have got a haircut probably before that, but as of now, I still haven't got a haircut, but it was a great thing, I am proud to be part of it, uh, you know, people were showing support, I remember our mayor saying during one of the conferences that he was flying, the reason why he wasn't speaking the night of the shooting was because he actually wasn't in town and I didn't know that because I was wondering why the mayor wasn't down at the hospital you know talking for his officer but he was actually out of town and he flew back even though the police chief said told him that he didn't have to come back you know he knew he was on vacation but he flew back and I remember the mayor saying that uh he was coming through Atlanta and he said that he had so many people come up to him and said you know hey we're thinking about y'all uh, we're praying for you and uh, he said, that, you know, just all over the country, we just support was pouring out. And uh, Mayor Tommy Battle, um, you know, definitely was, um, I guess, like a good mayor during this time. He said the right things for a lot of people. And uh, I am, in my opinion, glad he did come back from his vacation because, to me, that shows a lot of respect um, for his police officer who was shot and killed. So I do, I do think, I do... I do think that was the right thing to do. 
Um, so I'm glad he did the right thing there, in my opinion, which was coming back early from his vacation trip. Um, chief, uh, the chief of police, he did a great job with handling all the information and details. So did every other officer and uh, leading up to it. Um, it was a lot of uh, craziness for probably about a solid week, you know, getting everything done, the, um, getting fundraisers set up. There was a couple fundraisers set up. Uh, one of the local restaurants here called, uh, I believe it was called Farm Burger, um, that's not too far from where I live, actually set up a fundraiser for him because he was a regular there and ordered one of the same burgers there all the time. So they set up a fundraiser for him. Uh, Redstone Federal Credit Union set up a fundraiser for him and his family. Um, and uh, they raised a good chunk of change, which hopefully will help the family, you know, get through this time, help um, them with whatever they need help with. And as the mayor and the police chief said, you know, we'll always be here for them and with them uh, through anything that they need or what comes up. Because he was a community person. He was loved by all, except maybe the ones he put in jail. I don't know. Um, his funeral, though. His funeral was something else. I, I, I see on the news when a police officer dies, you know, the funeral, um, how it's so, like, incredible. It can be breathtaking at times to see all the people who come out and support him. But I've never seen it in my own city, you know, uh, in my own backyard. It was a, It was crazy. I believe the total was like nearly 1,400 people came to the funeral. They, uh, he was actually a member of the church that uh, my family goes to, uh, Whitesburg Baptist, and that's where the funeral was going to be. But it turned out so many people were coming that the church, our church, was just not big enough, so they had to move it to what's probably like the, the biggest church in the city, uh, which our church is one of the biggest in the city, but we just didn't have enough parking for that many people I know because our parking's terrible. But... Um, I think it was like 1,400. The The funeral line was extremely long with so many different police officers from so many different cities, counties, the state, different cities and counties and states um, came out and supported. Um, then they had the... Um, uh, he was buried at Maple Hill Cemetery, which is a very popular cemetery here in our city. I have family members who are buried there, so it's very popular. Um, it's a lovely place to go to. And um, the funny thing is, a lot of people don't know this because I don't even think it was on the news. When all the cops are lining up on one, one of the roads next to the cemetery, there was a lady who came out of her house who lived right there on the road. And uh, she was giving the police officers there coffee and treats and snacks, you know, to keep them warm because it was actually snowing that day. Um, we hadn't had snow that uh, this last year or this winter season uh, until that day, right as they started leaving the uh, church to go to the cemetery, it started snowing. And all the pictures that I saw from the event, uh, from the funeral, was uh, very pretty with all the snow. And I just thought that was uh, God's way of saluting him, was giving us a little bit of snow to uh, throw in there. So I thought that was just really really cool because you know we i don't even know if we were expecting snow that day might have been i don't know but i just thought that was you know incredible now his legacy will live on with the huntsville police department he will be part of the uh fallen officers memorial that we have in front of the police station uh or the police department headquarters uh, and uh he's just he was just over overall a very compelled person. 
Uh, I know he, I was, I read on the news um, that he had prepared his wife for instances like this. Casey never came home. So a lot of people said she was doing pretty good with it. You know, she knew what to expect, but it, it's one thing to know what expect to expect and then actually to go through something like that. It's a, it's, it's a big difference. I, I can imagine. Um, but you know, so, you know, he, I, you know, he was always, he was a realist. He knew the dangers of the job and he knew one day he might not come home and one day he didn't come home. Um, as so many other first responders out there who know the risk of the job, know the dangers, who know that they might not come back to their friends and family and to their loved ones, but they still do the job because that is a job that needs to be do, done and it's a job that not everybody's made out to made for I mean because it's one thing if you're a police officer to strap on a, a badge and a gun and just say hey look at me but no it's something when you're running towards the gunfire and you're not scared because you're looking at the bigger picture of saving others lives which is in Billy Clardy's case that's what he was he was a cop who ran towards danger and to help save innocent people and um they caught the guy, which was a, a good deal. Uh, I don't know what's going to happen with the case. Uh, it just started. Like I said, they're going for the death penalty, as, uh, as last I saw. And uh, so I don't know what that's going to play out. If you want to keep in, in, informed with it, you know, just keep looking. Um, with that, it's being updated. I don't know when the next case is. I believe it's going to the grand trial or something, I believe. I know he was uh, held. I know there's no bond for him. And I know his uh, defense attorneys were making the statement that he has uh, that's that's not fair because it's ripping him away from his loved ones, and he needs to uh, he's not able to work when he's in jail to provide for his family. But you know, he unfortunately uh, Billy Clardy can't provide for his family anymore, and uh, he can't go home to his loved ones. So I don't really feel so sad for him you know, not be able to, to get out of jail because he did something that's terrible. And, I mean, he's got to deal with that, you know. And I know he's going to live with, with the rest of his life, but uh, it's just it's just something. He's just kind of got to expect it. It's not, he's not just going to be let free on a, on a case and charges that he's facing, you know. But it's just just overwhelming for a lot of people. Uh, things are starting to get more civilized, getting back to normal, back in the flow, um, and which is a good thing for a lot of people, uh, getting back on their feet, getting back to their jobs and what things they have to do. I don't know about his family necessarily, but uh, I know that uh, things are starting to go back to normal, calm down, and uh, whatnot. I supported him. I support the police in my community. I support the police everywhere. Um, I think, and I always say this, the reason I support police is because if I need them, or if I don't support the police, or well, the way I normally say it is, if you don't like the police or first responders, or whatever it may be, if you don't like them, who are you going to call tomorrow when you need help? Because they're there, even if you don't like them, even if you cuss at them, you you know, fight them, whatever, they're still there to serve and protect you the next day, the next minute, the next hour, the next second. You know, they're still there, and they will always be there when you call. 
Um, and that's a lot of things people don't think. You know, people, you know, badmouth certain people, the police department. And, you know, and it's sad because what happens if you need them the next day? You're going to call them. And it's, you know, kind of ridiculous that yesterday you're yelling at them, saying they're the worst people in the world. And then next day that you call them to help you out. You know, it's like, let them lean on you and you lean on them when you need them. And that's how we need to start living life day to day. Um, letting more niceness, uh, care for one another, love one another, love thy neighbor. Um, you know, we just need to stop with all this madness, all the killings, all the shooting, all the evil, and just start loving one another, sharing grace, um, and just having that, having a better life for each person. Uh, it's, not a crime to show kindness and kindness is not dead it's just not shown as much and it's not broadcasted as much and uh it's still out there this police officer billy clardy the third he was that kind of cop you know he was a nice guy and a lot of people just don't see him that way no more and not every officer is the same if you had a bad experience with one doesn't mean the next one's going to be bad so always just you know think about it stay calm cool and collective and just go with it take a deep breath and Live day by day, minute by minute, second by second, hour by hour. And just thank them. Um, a lot of times you, during this whole process, people kept saying, you know, first responders, they do it for the community, keeping people safe. So if you see a first responder, give them a hug or tell them, hey, thank you for your service. Thank you for what you do. Um, I know uh, I like to say and a bunch of other people would say, pay for the meal if you can. Now, I know some uh, police officers will not take that because they think it's a, or they consider it a bribe. But uh, if they will, or if you can sneak it, do it. Pay it forward. Not just to first responders, but to everybody, but especially first responders because they put their lives on the line every single day for people just like you and me. And this is, this is just a sad case that happened. Um, unfortunately, somebody had to lose their life. And that's not okay. Hopefully, you know, just, in, I mean, one person's death, that's one too many. Hopefully this never happens again. Hopefully never, uh, hopefully the evil never comes down on the city as much as it did. Um, but even through the evil, the darkness, the snow, the whiteness, the brightness, healing powers came through and it blessed the city. I really do. I really think God came over here and blessed the city. Um, and he's helping everyone every single day. He's helping us get through this. Um, I definitely feel honored that uh, I was able to decorate my truck for him. Uh, I did get to show it off a few times around the city. I was at the uh, Rocket City Marathon. Got to set up at the intersection of Triana Boulevard and 9th Street. Um, got to sit there and uh, watch a bunch of cops direct traffic and uh, watch all the runners run back and forth. And uh, it was really cool. It was a uh, a really cool opportunity to get to do that and uh, I would do it again in a heartbeat I wouldn't change anything um, the only thing I wish I could change is what happened um, unfortunately that's not in my power or my wheelhouse but uh, I just hope it never happens again for anybody anybody's loved ones but there's always the chance that nobody's gonna come home you know we're not you know we're not we're not granted we're not um promised the next day the next second so make 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 it count live for today um don't live for tomorrow live for today um some people say uh 
live today like it's your last. Uh, yes, I agree with that. Don't go too crazy. Don't go like, oh, let me go skydiving, you know, unless it's something that you do. Don't just go all crazy. But when people say to me, live today like it's like it's your last to me that means live my day as if i want if it is my last if it is my last i'd want to be treated with respect and kindness so that means respect and be kind to everyone every single day because you never know if something bad is going to happen to you your family or somebody you know or love um anyways guys i'm going to cut the podcast there it's been a good one season two episode two fallen officer stag agent billy clardy the third End of watch was December 6, 2019, in Huntsville, Alabama. He was shot and killed on the line of duty. He was 48 years old, and it was a sad day. Sad day, for sure. Hopefully it never happens again, but if it does, there's people here. Uh, people for people to talk to. And uh, But like I said, I hope it doesn't happen again. Hopefully we never have to go through this again. Um, but if it does happen, hopefully people will support show support from all over help everybody help the family help the loved ones help the community um and just grow from this we need to learn from this we need to grow from this and we need to be better we need to be kinder nicer and more and more and show more compassion for one another anyways guys um that's gonna be it for this um as always thank you for listening to today's podcast um it was kind of hard to get get through this one because one this is a this is a story but not just like a like this is like a true fact event story it's extremely hard to go through it because it was an extremely hard time um it's a lot of things to remember because i am recording this it's been over a month it's been nearly 2 months since this all happened so it's not exactly fresh in my head as it was when it first happened um, so forgive me for some pauses through this, um, and bringing back some memories because it was a rough time for just everybody, not just for the family, not just for the police, not just for the city, uh, but for everybody, you know, that was around here. I think, I think it was the weekend he died. There was three other cops across the country that got shot and killed. And, um, it's just crazy. You know, there's no sense for all this violence. We just need to come together and love one one another, one another and uh, get better day by day and uh, whatnot. But anyways, guys, thank you for listening. Like I said, this is Season 2, Episode 2 of Just in the Pod. I'm your host, Justin Presage. Follow us on Facebook um, or Instagram. Uh, are we on Instagram? I don't think we're on Instagram, but you can follow me on Instagram, Justin Prestige. Twitter, you can follow me on Justin uh, Twitter at Justin Prestige. Uh, my handles are Bama10999. Also on twitch.tv forward slash Bama10999. Uh, but do go check out the Facebook when I upload the video for my YouTube channel. Go check it out, justinprestigeyoutube.com. Um, I will post on the Facebook page when I upload the uh, video so you all can see. And if you want to learn more about this story, learn more about who Billy Cardi the third was what he represented what he was as a person to the community uh for everyone uh and and if you would like to keep up with what's going on with the shooter find out more about the shooter go and look it up uh it's at many different places uh different new agencies across the city or you know on the story WHNT uh WAFF WAAY and uh WZDX so you can go to any of those websites, um, channels, 
and learn more about this whole situation. Uh, about the killing, about the uh, funeral, about the shooting, about the trial, about everything that's happened and is going to happen through here on out. So you can keep up with it um, and whatnot. But if you'd like to see my interview, it was uh, on W. AFF48, uh, it was uh, the community visual, uh, candlelight visual, that would be the one that I was in. Uh, like I said, I was just in there for a brief brief couple seconds, um, but uh, it was honored to do that, and uh, I appreciate everyone listening. Uh, also, I just launched my e-commerce store, I believe I said that in the last one, but you can check it out. Um, new designs will be up very soon, but you can go look at it, thefallentreestore.com. TheFallenTreeStore.com. You can follow us on Instagram, and you can follow us on Facebook. And I was told there's a Twitter that was made in 2017 for it. So go check that uh, out for TheFallenTreeStore.com. I am the owner. I am the designer of most things. And uh, I just invested in buying pretty much another company uh, that was kind of going out. And I've gotten some of their equipment and products uh, that hopefully I will have up and running listed soon. I've invested in some more uh, equipment to start making more designs and all kinds of stuff. So hopefully uh, by February 14th, Valentine's Day, I will have a new line or a new a bunch of new products or designs. Um, I'm trying to give myself at least two weeks to get that up and going because uh, I've just been hitting roadblock after roadblock with ordering materials, uh, machinery, uh, Walmart keeps having glitches in their system, calling people that aren't even associated with my account that are some that are related to me, and I don't know how they're finding their numbers. Um, same with the, the my banks not wanting to allow me to purchase these expensive items all at once, and it's just one thing after another. But go look at it on the 14th or by the 14th. I hope to have new designs, possibly some new products um, where I'm actually making them and shipping them myself. Uh, but I got a lot to do to get to that point, so I hope you all will uh, give me a little good faith uh, and give me some good thoughts and well wishes for that. Because uh, starting a business, man, I underrated it. It's extremely hard uh, to get it off the ground with advertisements and everything else. But guys, I'm going to stay with it. I'm going to stay doing it. I'm going to keep pushing myself and motivating myself. Hopefully within, uh, like I said, two weeks, everything will be hopefully in a good spot. Hopefully end of February, uh, 1st of March, I'll be doing custom orders. Um, no guarantees on it, but that's my plan. I want to start doing custom orders. I've already got a few businesses lined up that I've got to start making uh, shirts for. So um, hopefully I can start doing custom orders for more people. Um, anyways, guys, thank you for listening. As I've, as I said earlier in the podcast, we are now on, or we are on Spotify as always. We are on TuneIn Radio as of last week. Um, and we are now on Stitcher and Google Podcast. Wherever you're listening to this podcast, if it's later, um, if this is an old podcast that you're listening to now um, down the road and we're on different platforms, then, you know, thank you for listening to us on wherever you're listening to this. But as of now, these are the four that we're on. We gained the last two in the last two weeks. The uh, listens from uh, just on Spotify of season one were crazy. Um, episode one has done tremendously well. I will be honest for the first, uh, like a week, 
something like that. It wasn't doing good on Spotify. Then uh, all of a sudden, it was starting to get pretty popular on TuneIn. And then since I've added Stitcher and uh, Google Podcasts, it's the episode one's actually doing pretty good. If uh, we get as many views on uh, episode one, we'll definitely hit the uh, end of season two goal uh, pretty quickly, uh, probably within the first uh, three, four months. Anyways, guys, keep listening, keep watching, keep liking, keep uh, doing whatever you're doing. And um, as always, God bless.